0: Hello Hawks fans and welcome to another episode of the KettleCast with your host Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the cast we talk about the Hawks 127-120 to 120 victory over the Minnesota Timberwolves and we also get into what the Hawks did at the trade deadline and they were busy. Without further ado, let's get into it. The Hawks were able to go into Minnesota and get a 127-120 to victory against the Minnesota Timberwolves. It was a really interesting game just from the beginning because both teams were involved in a four-team trade. And in that trade, the Timberwolves have like a third of their team being traded. So those players were all held out of the game. And so the Hawks were going after this team um, that didn't have a full roster. And the Hawks took advantage of that, jumping out to a lead, and they never trailed the Timberwolves at all during this game. Um, A couple big performances for the Hawks came from the usual suspects. Trey Young was 10-27 of from the field, 6-13 of from three, had 38 points, 11 assists, a steal. Just a really good game from Trey. Only three turnovers. His turnovers tend to come when he's driving in the paint, getting up in the air and not able to find somebody to dish the ball to, but Trey had a really Great game for the Hawks, including a couple really big shots in the fourth quarter when the Timberwolves were able to mount a comeback um, and make this game competitive. So much so that the Hawks kind of had this game feeling like it was in the balance in the last minute or so. John Collins helped Trey Young out a ton. He was 11 of 19, 2 of 5 from three-point land. He had 12 rebounds, three of them offensive, and had 27 points. Just a really good game from John Collins, and one thing to really be positive about this effort by John is that he was taking advantage of when the Timberwolves were mismatched on him. The Timberwolves started the game with a smaller lineup. Um, They had a smaller guy guarding John Collins and that just didn't work. John Collins was able to go right through any of the smaller defenders and get to the basket. He also had just a massive dunk in the fourth quarter. Trey drove to the basket, found a cutting Kevin Herter. Kevin got to the basket Cat went up to try to block Kevin Herter and Herter did a wraparound pass to John Collins for just a massive dunk and it was just a really nice solid performance by John Collins you'd like to shoot him see him shoot a little better percentage Um, and he was not able to draw a ton of fouls in this game he only got to the free throw line for four attempts um, and was looking for a lot more fouls but it was a very nice performance by John Collins and a really good performance on the defensive end as well he only had three fouls um where he had kind of been racking them up playing the center position recently finally i think a really nice performance that can't go unmentioned is damian jones he was really the only center that played besides john collins bruno fernando got in for a little bit before being unable to play in the second half but uh jones ended the game six of seven from the field two of two from free the free throw line had eight rebounds for 14 points and only four fouls in 24 minutes, so it was just a very positive performance from the big man. I thought he was kind of unprepared to play at the beginning of the season, and to see him really become a positive player and one who, in the last few games, has really been someone that hasn't just turned the ball over or gotten a ton of fouls. It was uh, it was really exciting performance. He had a block uh, and two steals. I just thought. Uh, Damian Jones was really nice in this game. For the Timberwolves, Joshua Okogie started for them, played a ton of minutes. He was 8 of 11. He helped spur the comeback in the fourth quarter for the Timberwolves. Didn't make any of his three-pointers, but was 7 of 8 from the free-throw line. Had 23 points. He did have three steals um, and was just a nuisance on defense against the Hawks. Andrew Wiggins hit a couple threes to get... The Timberwolves back in this in the fourth quarter, he was 9-of-20 overall, 3-of-8 three from three-point land, ended the game with 25 points, and then Carl Anthony Towns had 21 points, had a 11 rebounds, three of them offensive. Carl Anthony Towns had a really weird game because there were total parts of the game where I forgot Anthony Carl Anthony Towns was even in the game, and the Timberwolves had traded his best friend on the team, Robert Covington. And he didn't see them super enter, enter, energized and kind of let the Timberwolves get behind a couple really big um, during the first half. Uh, but in the, in the fourth quarter when the Wolves made their move, he was part of that. But it's kind of uh, frustrating to see such a star player not really be able to exert his will on the team. Um, but to get back to this game, the Hawks were able to take control and really, uh, you know, they went in leading at halftime. And usually that means their third quarter hasn't been as strong, but the Hawks took a 13 to one run in the third quarter to push the lead all the way up to 21 points. Um, unfortunately they weren't able to hold that into the fourth quarter. And it was a couple of times where it looked like the wolves were ready to give up and the Hawks weren't able to put the finishing touches on the wolves, uh, the away kind of runs normally start the Timberwolves were able to get a couple and ones and take a 20 point lead down to 14 and suddenly it's a game again and you give these Wolves a chance to uh kind of get into the game and possibly get a victory and the Hawks did everything they could to you know stretch out possessions and get good shots I thought Hunter Hunter was back again he kind of had a rough game for the first three quarters, I think, or just not really showing out. And then to start the fourth quarter, he was the one making buckets. He had a corner three, and he had a couple of mid-range shots. That was nice to see from Hunter. But then at the end of the game, he had a rushed layup that the Hawks really could have taken some time off the clock, run it down from from a minute to about 30 seconds, and he missed a layup that kept the Wolves in it. The Hawks also had some really bad turnovers on the, the game in general. They didn't turn the ball over a ton. They, only, they did have 16 turnovers, but it wasn't it didn't seem that bad. But at the end of the game, they gave up a ton of turnovers that really let the Wolves get back into this game. And, it, and there were a couple of chances where the Wolves could have cut the lead. I mean, the Wolves got the lead down to four or so, and it looked like they could have made this a one possession a couple times. But Trey hit a couple big threes. John Collins hit a three, and the Hawks were able to stave off a lot late rally from the Timberwolves. I think one of the big numbers... And this again is just the, temp- the turnovers. The uh, Minnesota only had 16 turnovers, but the Hawks were able to score at will off those turnovers. The Hawks were shooting the ball really well. They ended up shooting 52% from the field, 40% from three, and they made the, ter- the Timberwolves pay when they turned the ball over. Um, and they, it really helped them build that lead that ultimately was able to sustain a huge. Huge comeback, 43 points in the fourth quarter for the Minnesota Timberwolves, but um, the Hawks had put in enough to win. Kind of the biggest shot in the game for the Hawks. Uh, The Timberwolves had scored, made it about a four-point game, and the Hawks had the ball. The Wolves double-teamed Trey to get the ball out of his hands. Trey was able to find Collins in the middle. Collins kicked it out to Herter on the kind of angled out from on the three-point line. Herter waited for the man to come at him, hit Vince Carter in the corner. Vince Carter hadn't made a three all game. Makes his one shot, that three, and that really kind of was the game winner for the Hawks. Um, the Wolves had a couple opportunities again. They actually made a shot, and then the Hawks turned it over, and Wiggins got three free throws, but the Hawks were able to grind out and get a victory. To go up and get a victory in the road in Minnesota, just a really, really good thing to see from the Hawks. They had kind of struggled and. You know, had a two game losing streak to the Dallas and the Celtics. And so to stop that, get some positive momentum, it was really good to see from the Hawks. Again, I thought Trey and John Collins played extremely well. Kevin Herter had over 10 points, he had 11. DeAndre Hunter comes back and has 12 points. He did have those four turnovers, which is pretty bad, but um, it was just a nice effort from the Hawks. And I thought also, uh, you know, getting anything out of Vince to get that big three pointer at the end was huge. So. Really nice win from the Hawks, and hopefully they can carry that momentum into Boston when they go play the Celtics. So now on to the trade deadline, and what a trade deadline it was. The Hawks had already completed a four-team trade where they acquired Clint Capella, um, giving up. Evan Turner, a first-round pick that they received from the Nets, and a second-round pick, um, and so going in, it was like the Hawks have addressed their biggest need—a center. They still have spots on their, you know, roster spots that they could use for team stuff. They have some other other things that they could do, but kind of addressing that big concern. I don't know how much more the Hawks could do. Um, I still thought that they would try to. Um, do something small but they weren't going to do anything huge and the Hawks went out and they did some more stuff that actually was of consequence um namely going out and getting another center bringing uh Dwayne Deadman back to Atlanta so the Hawks were able to have a trade with the Sacramento Kings where they sent out Alex Lynch, Jabari Parker and were able to get Dwayne Deadman and, and a couple of uh second round picks from the Kings and It's sad kind of to see Alex Lynn and Jabari both go. Jabari's on a weird contract. He had a strong start of the season and really helped like carry the Hawks offensively when John Collins wasn't there but had just not been the same since his injury. He wasn't even playing and he was on a two-year 12 million dollar contract that his second year at six million dollars was a player option and it was unclear if he was going to pick that up but it just it didn't seem like it had worked out in atlanta um and so the hawks traded him and alex lynn and alex lynn just hadn't been able to really build off that strong season last year the hawks had let Dwayne deadman go in hopes that alex lynn would be able to step up and continue his hot three-point shooting and just that never material materialized and um While not having a backup point guard, had really hurt the Hawks at the start of the season. Also, the big man problem happened, and so I think the Hawks are really excited to bring Deadman back. Now, Deadman is on a three-year, $41 million contract, Um, but his last year of his deal, he is not, if he gets cut early, it's a very small guarantee. So that third year, so not next year, but the year after, the Hawks have a chance to get out of the contract if they want to. Um, Also, all of these trades end up cutting the... Hawks uh, money that they have going into the offseason this year down a little bit, but the Hawks were going to have a lot of money going into a kind of what has been described as a weaker free agency class, and so I don't think they were too hurt by lowering their $63 million um, amount down to $50 million or so. So I'm excited they bring Dwayne Denman back. This takes a center rotation that had been um, Damian Jones, Bruno Fernando, and Vince Carter to Uh, Clint Capella and Dwayne Dedman and Damian Jones behind that. Damian Jones has been playing really well, Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how he progresses with this, you know, suddenly a glut of centers, but um, this gives the Hawks a lot of options. I think also this allows the Hawks not to bring Clint Capella, you know, he doesn't have to rush to get back. Um, This heel injury, plantar fasciitis is really hard to know when it's healed or it's a tricky, um, condition to heal. And so by having Dwayne Denman and Jones and Fernando, the Hawks have a lot of options. They don't have to bring Clint Cabela back extremely fast. So, uh, in that same four team trade, the Hawks had also received Nene and as expected, the Hawks waived Nene. So, uh, They've gotten De- Wayne Deadman. They got Clint Capella. They've waived Nene. They waived Chandler Parsons. That was done during the um, game against the Minnesota Timberwolves. It was weird because Alexson was actually traded during the Timberwolves game, and he was on the bench for the first three quarters. You could see him on when they were showing the game, and then he wasn't there in the fourth quarter. Um, Kevin Truilliard, who has his own podcast, um, Atlanta, and 29 talking about the hawks he said that maybe that kind of threw the hawks off a little bit having alex lynn there and then not and maybe contributed to the fourth quarter collapse a little bit i think the hawks just let a team hang around but it was a weird dynamic for sure to have a player there for three quarters of the game and then to have him gone so um alex lynn it kind of it, it stinks that he's gone i he he did a lot of good things especially last year but he was on an expiring contract. Um, And now we have two centers under contract going forward, and that doesn't even include Damian Jones. The Hawks still had some time with these roster spots, and they used that to kind of turn some stuff over. They were able to allow the Clippers to trade Derek Walton Jr. and some cash to the Hawks, and then the Hawks waived Derek Walton Jr. So uh, basically, the Hawks traded a pick with a top 55 protection, a second-round pick, and The Hawks could be in the top five, you know, eventually, but it's unlikely that that pick ever conveys. And for that, they received Derek Walton Jr. and some money to cover the cost of Derek Walton Jr.'s salary. And that was just basically a little bit of business that the Hawks did to get some money. And then they turn around and they do the same thing with the uh, Portland Trailblazers, but they get a very interesting big man in Scalabissier. Now, Scalabissier is a kid from Kentucky. He's kind of bounced around the league a little bit. He's been on the Kings and the Blazers, and he's a slight – he's a taller guy, but he's a slight guy, more skilled rather than, like, super athletic. And as the Hawks said they were waving Derek Walton Jr., the Hawks have said they're keeping Skyl So he's going to have number seven for the Hawks. And it's going to be interesting to see now how this front court rotation starts to round itself out with the Hawks suddenly having a glut of players at that um, front court position. So between getting Dwayne Dedman, Clint Capella, Scala BCA, the Hawks did a lot of business, even including getting uh, Derek Walton Jr. But the Hawks were all over this trade deadline, I mean finally getting Clint Capella um, and like Travis Schlink did a really good job of kind of turning all those pieces that the Hawks had, um, whether it was the Nets pick, the expiring contracts they had in Allen Crabb, Evan Turner, and Chandler Parsons, and turning all those things into either space or players that potentially could go into the Haw- with the Hawks in the future. Um, Scott BCA is a younger guy, and uh, he could fit with the Hawks' um, core going forward, but the Hawks have now given themselves options going forward and like this roster now is like kind of a legit uh nba roster and it'll be interesting how the hawks finish the season um i don't think they're going to contend for any sort of playoff spot or something like that but now they have a couple centers they have kind of youth everywhere you'd want to have they're going to have cam reddish coming back out of the concussion protocol he's not um i don't think he's going to play in the game tomorrow against the celtics but you have him coming back. Hunter just came back, and suddenly this like Hawks core that was not surrounded with a bunch of veterans or anything now has Dwayne Denman, Clint Capella, um, even Scala is a guy who's been in the league for a little bit of time, and they don't have the guys who just were on the bench and knew that they were never going to be playing for the Hawks, such as Evan Turner, Alan Crabb, and Chandler Parsons. So really good work by Schlenk, and it'll be interesting to see what the Hawks do going forward, they still have about $50 million in this offseason. So they're going to have money to be able to spend and get some more veterans if they want. And they still have their own pick, which could end up being a top five pick. And we'll just have to see what they do with that. But the Hawks were never going to be able to keep bringing in, you know, three, two or three 19 year olds every season. It starts like there's got to be a change to to guys that could be winning. And with the way that Trey's playing and him already being an all star and Collins really coming on. He's now had five double doubles back to back. You know, it's time for these guys to start seeing what they can be doing on a good team. And I think that's what Schlenk did by make the trades he did at the trade deadline. He took a Hawks team that had been underperforming, whether it was due to injury, suspension, or for whatever reason, and really made it so there's no excuse on a talent level. This is now isn't a like superstar Hawks team, but this is a competent or like there's talent all across the the roster now so i'm interested to see what lloyd pierce is able to do now that he has some options and and isn't forced to just play a nine-man rotation or um just you know isn't ravaged by injury but uh it's going to be fun seeing first of all trey being able to lob it to all these big men but also see some of the rotations going forward Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. And if you could leave a rating or review on whatever platform you use to get your podcast, that'd be a really big help. And I will talk to you tomorrow about the Boston Celtics. Go Hawks!